I'm not even going to do a fun open. Welcome to the Fantasy Draft for Survivor 46 here on Survivor Analytics. It is the same crew, the same format, all that good stuff. If you've listened in past years, there are six teams. Each team will get three contestants here on Survivor 46. My name's Jack. I'm the true expert, and with me, as always, is the voice of the people. Say hi, Clyde. Uh, what's up, party people? I don't even know the order off the top of my head. I was going to ask Maddie to say it off. Actually, yeah, I want Maddie to say it to my face. Yeah, Maddie, announce the order. Sure thing. Um, so first we have the Tolivia tribe. We have Tony and Olivia. They're first. Um, should I give a little explanation, or should I just say it? You think? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I justify all of them, please. Okay. Um. Well, I was looking at their standing, and I think they were always in like third or fourth, um, like in the order. I don't exactly remember. But I was like, I should put someone else in first who hasn't been first yet, who's not Clyde. And then I put myself second because I want to do well as well. And then I put Jack because he put me at the front last year. Um, and then I put Alexis, Abby, and Clyde. I guess I, I put Clyde at the end because he's my brother. So it's like okay for me to do that. Awesome. Should we just jump in then? Uh, and, you know, everybody will say who they pick. We'll, we'll discuss a- any thoughts about the uh, candidates, if necessary, and then uh, it's a snake draft. And so, Tony and Olivia, the board is yours for the first pick of 46. All right, as Clyde reminded us, uh, Olivia and I, I think a few days ago, the last two people with the first pick one survivor, so uh, we're very much looking forward to winning this season. And uh, upon studying, Olivia and I, after watching the videos and reading the uh, all the, the different interviews with all the contestants, we both agreed on the number one pick, who it should be, and we're very excited. We're going to be drafting Hunter McKnight. He kind of checked all the boxes for us. We saw only green flags from him. He seemed to come across not too arrogant in his interview, or in his uh, in his written interview, in the video interview. He seemed like he had a little bit of Southern charm. He seemed kind. He seemed pretty physically fit as well. So he just checked all the boxes for us, and we think if he can get past the beginning stages of the game, then I'll make it very far. And he's uh, unlike anyone we've picked before in the beginning picks, and we haven't done so well. So, well, I guess we picked Jam Jam, but if this if this does blunder, I want the record to reflect that Toby got to really have the first pick, and I'm throwing him under the bus in advance. <laughs> but I do think it's a good pick. I just also want to cover my own butt. <laughs> I would draw a direct line between him and Bruce in that his hometown and current <laughs> residence are the same. Uh, this man in his video talked about how he'd gone away to med school or something and then decided to come home and teach school, which is a very admirable pursuit, but he has actually made it less distance in life than Bruce did. Wait, Olivia, why did you not like Hunter? No, I didn't not I didn't not like Hunter. It's just the number one pick. It's a little a little stressful, but I, I, I think it's a good pick. Um I do. But also like Tony like really loves Hunter. I also love Hunter. I had Hunter number two on my draft board. He reminds me a lot of Tommy Sheehan from Survivor thirty nine. He was a winner that was also a science teacher, I believe. I think Tommy was an elementary school teacher. I think Hunter gives off fun teacher vibes. I get the vibe that he rolls in the TV on like the last day before break or he doesn't assign homework during like winter break or Thanksgiving break. I agree with what you said about him being a good challenge competitor. And he said one of his hobbies is building challenges. So 
I think in the fantasy league, especially, we found that the players that perform well, like Austin, win lots of challenges. So I think Hunter might not win the whole season, but he'll get you a lot of points in the process. I really hope that that building challenges doesn't mean 3D printing puzzles. I hope that means like, um, who was it? Matthew. Matt or Matthew in 44 who built the um, the balance thing. Wait, that makes a difference for you if it's 3D printed versus... Well, if it's if it's puzzles versus actual challenges, right? That's, that's my issue. Because uh, you could just go to a store and buy puzzles. But if it took like hammers and nails to build... We all know Jack's team, Meat, Meat Boys, so he wants them to build the, the manly, masculine challenges, not the little <laughs> puzzles. Oh, my lineup is exclusively Meat Boys. Don't get me wrong. My draft list is Meat Boys and then everybody else. So let's move on. Who who had the second pick? Is That that goes to Maddie the meme. Anyway, um, I reviewed the list for a whopping 30 minutes, and I just wrote down the people that stood out to me. And this season, I... I'm not going off of people that I think are like the most strategic. I'm just going off of pure vibes because there's been prior seasons where I've been in very last place where I should have picked someone and then I ended up picking somebody else. Um, so I'm just going to pick people that I like. And I like, I, I may butcher his name. I like Banu. He's on the purple tribe. I love Banu. I'm so, I, he was my top pick. <laughs> Banu was second to last for me. But go ahead, Maddie. Why do you like, why do you like Banu? Why? This is your pick. You got to justify it. This is my pick. I really just like this personality and I liked um, his story as well. Um, how he was like living in poverty for 18 years and I feel like that's going to make him not be a quitter. I feel like at this point we've had so many quitters that I just want someone who's not going to quit and who's going to make it farther. So given his backstory, I think that he's going to have some grit in him. I loved all of that about him. In his video, he talks about how he uh, his life for 18 years was similar to what you experience on Survivor in terms of shelter and being exposed to the elements. And I, I'm so jealous because I was really looking forward to stabbing him up in number three. Clyde, what don't you like about Banu? I'm shocked that you guys are so high on Banu. For me, like not quitting Survivor is like the bare minimum. After 45? Well, I wouldn't know. I never drafted a quitter. That's reasonable. Um, he talks a lot about the physical side of the game, like surviving the elements. And I think we're in the phase of Survivor now where that's not as important as it used to be. He also said that his husband is the person that got him into it. And his husband is the real fan between the two of them. Like, I want Banu's husband on the show more than I want Banu. Because it seems like he's the real super fan of that uh, partnership. That's a theme in this season. We've got two where the husband, who is not on the show, seems to be the bigger fan. Uh, I think it's, uh, where is she? Jem. Jem's husband is also a Survivor fan. I do think he's kind of like a ball of sunshine, but I also think he can be overbearing, and I worry that he'll rub people the wrong way and they'll just get sick of him and vote him out. Plus, I think the Purple Tribe might be the strongest physically, so if they decide, you know, we're winning challenges, we can afford to lose Banu and we'll be fine. Um, he said that his first season that he watched was Kagayan and he loved it, but um, I feel like if you say your favorite season is Kagayan, you're going to come out of the gate like super hard and you're going to play too hard too fast. So I do like Banu, but I'm kind of worried about that. So that's why I had him pretty low. Yeah, that's what uh, Sifu did. Sifu said his favorite season was Kagayan. And then I think he got caught like spying on people on the first day. Oh, that's a great point. Uh, well, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Moving on to the third pick. Uh, Jack, who do you pick? Uh, thanks, Jack. Let's see. Uh, well, now I have to compensate because I wanted Banu. 
uh, and I'm having to scramble between my next two. And I think I'm going to go with a guy that I think exudes my new favorite quality in a Survivor candidate, contestant, uh, which I like to call Big Bruce Energy. And that's Randon Montalvo. I love this guy. I thought his video was really chill. I liked that he is planning to go home first and that his children think he's going out uh, first thing. And uh, yeah, I, I liked his energy. I think he'll do well. He was my number one pick. Now I'm having second thoughts now that you picked him. <laughs> I was going to say that's an endorsement for me. We agree with you, Jack, that he seemed really yeah. sort of like calm, cool, and collected in his interview. And I think that that can help a lot of times on the island. And I think he seemed very likable to us. So we were uh, we were hoping to get him as well. So good luck to you with that. But we also want in Bruce. I'll say this. I miss Bruce. Looking at this cast, I think Bruce would add some nice... Uh, not that there's not confidence in this cast, but well, we were talking about this in the group text earlier. There's a lot of underdog mentality, and I don't think Bruce ever saw himself as the underdog. He saw himself as the like top dog. Not a lot of that level of confidence or that sort of confidence in this cast. But Wait, can I shit on the pick a little bit? Yeah, I had thoughts too. Yeah, wait, Alexis, you go first. Oh, yeah, <laughs> line up, please. <laughs> Um, so going off his bio in his video, I did generally like him, but going off of just the bio in the video, which is all we have, not very many words in his bio at all, very short, and then the, a large portion of his video was just talking about how his, da his daughter thinks he'll be the first to go home, like most of his video was that, so I feel like all I know about him is that they think he's going to go home first, so that would be a great setup for him to go home first. Kind of echoing that, I think it's a major red flag when the people closest to you have no faith in your ability within the game. If people in my life said that to me, I would think maybe I shouldn't go on Survivor then if they have don't believe in me at all. He also compares himself to Xander, who was 20 years old on Survivor 41, gets to the end and gets zero jury votes. So I don't think that's like the optimal player to model your game after. I didn't know who Xander was. That doesn't fill me with confidence. That was before your time. Uh, Maddie, tear me to shreds. I wasn't, I wasn't going to criticize it. Uh, I was actually going to go off of your point earlier, Jack, um, about the videos. And it feels like this season, the videos are half sob stories. I felt like I wasn't really knowing them that well. And I know it's kind of Survivor has been like that for a little while. But this season in particular, was, it felt like they were just trauma dumping to us for half the time. So it got to a point where I just stopped watching the videos and I just went to the bios because, or like the written descriptions, just because it felt like those were a bit more accurate. Yeah. I mean, there were a few videos where the person started to tell a sob story and I went, <laughs> nope. And I hit the, the next button and went to the next video because I was like, you're not telling us anything about your game. You're telling us your background. And like to pull one from 45, Katura had a, a, you know, traumatic upbringing and a difficult backstory, but that had no impact on her game. It just had an impact on her strength of character and resolve, but that's not a direct correlation with gameplay. Speaking of the videos, this is a little off topic, but Tony and I were recognizing it seems like this season more than ever, um, like everyone's a business owner or like self-employed or like an entrepreneur of some sort. And so we were chatting about like, I don't know if it's just the fact that people are like, how am I going to take this much time off of work? But I'm, I feel like it's like that more this season than in past seasons, but that could just be me, my memory failing. 
Um, but also if that's giving us like a selection bias of the people we're getting on the cast. I also noticed, I didn't watch all the videos, but from the videos that I did watch, there were two lawyers. So like, again, another cast with lawyers again. So I don't know what that's about. I'm trying to find the lawyers. There's one law student. Or I should say law student. It was a law student and then a practicing lawyer. Yeah, you never know with law students. I'll say that. But um, yeah, let's move on to our fourth pick. I'm sorry, is it Abby or Alexis? I know it's not Clyde. It is Alexis. Okay, so this is, I don't I don't know if I want to expose myself like this, but this is the first time I've ever gotten my first pick. Um, I hope that doesn't mean I'm going to get shit on for what my first pick was, um, like I was last season. But I would like Jessica Jess Chong. Um, I really loved her. I thought, well, the first note I wrote was actually Outfit Slays, and I stand by that. But um, she listed that she was a biker. Uh, I think she said she played college rugby. So I feel like she'll be really tough. And she looks like she could be pretty, like, muscular for a girl. It's hard to tell. I'm not really sure. But um, I don't think that she would be, like, the weakest person on her tribe. Um, and she also described herself as a social butterfly, um, and she seems really smart. So I think those would be pluses. And I like that uh, she said she could, she could potentially come off younger than she is because she is one of the older players. But I think that that might benefit her because she could relate with the older people because she is older. Or she I do agree she looks pretty young. So if she wants to like fit in with the younger crowd, I think she'll have an easy go with that. So I really loved her. So I'm glad to be getting my first pick for once. Uh, the thing that scared me with Jessica is that she's a software engineer from San Francisco. And the last software engineer from San Francisco that I drafted was Matt Blankenship in 44, who just stumbled over and over again. He like went on the show right after a breakup and lost his vote for like half the season. So just based on that alone, I was scared to draft Jessica because of my personal history. Are he and Franny still together, by the way? Of course. Oh, so he won Survivor more than anybody else has ever won Survivor. He didn't win me fantasy points, though. They actually oh, went enough. to get Ethiopian food for Valentine's Day, just so you know. That's a stalker-level thing to say. Or a real fan <laughs> thing to say. It's on Instagram. Their whole thing was Ethiopian food. Sorry that I know the players' names. I know I know you're, you don't, you're not at that level yet, Jack. Voice of the people, in quotations. I'm really not. I'll throw this out. I really like that uh, Jess's kind of hidden talent is that she can type 140 words per minute. I can't wait to see how that manifests on an island. Does anybody have any comments on her? She says she would play most like Ty, Gabby, and Marianne. What does that indicate as someone who doesn't know any of those people? The comparisons are solid. Uh, I think I've said this before. My biggest pet peeve is when someone hops in the interview and says, I want to play like Boston Rob or Tony because they're just two of the biggest names in the show. So these are a little bit more niche. Gabby and Ty were pretty emotional players. I don't know. Maybe we'll see some tears from Jess. Maybe Jess is on a quitter watch. How dare you, Clyde? <laughs> I was going to say during when you said those names, I had to fact check that it was the Gabby that I was thinking of and, and that it was the Gabby that cries a lot. I'm like, you want to compare yourself to her? I had to go fact check that. It was the Gabby I was thinking of. I don't know. Gabby was a really good player. Um, I know she's like known for crying, but she was super strategic. I think she like brought all the Davids together and got them all to like fight against the Goliaths and they were able to get the majority over them. So Gabby is pretty smart. And she also has an iconic moment where she asks Christ Christian, 
if she wants to play with her and he says what like in the sand i thought that was that's iconic in and of itself um but yeah i really like jess she was uh one of the top six players that i like and the other 12 are meh so i really like jess good pick i i didn't realize it was actually a contestant i knew i that's one of the seasons i've actually seen so i i liked gabby um cool uh well let's Let's keep it rolling. Abby, I believe it is your turn. Pick number five. Uh, so this was brought up um, in the chat, but Clyde, did you want to switch or are you okay with being number six? I'm flexible with it. Like, Because if we allow this trade, that opens the floodgates for trades in the future. Are we saying that the person who won is the tyrant of the group for the following season and nothing can be changed or are we going to enable trades? I'm cool either way with it. Maddie, do you have any preference since this is your kingdom right now? I'm okay with trades, but I feel like there should be a limit. Otherwise, it's just going to be trading all the time. Like, I think we should have a max of like. I'll I'll stick with si- I'll stick with six pick. I feel like I'll respect Maddie's win from the previous season. Right. That way, if I win this season, I can put Jack and Maddie at the butt of the draft, and I'll make them fight uh, for who gets the last pick between the two of them. Okay. How yeah, dare I'll you? I'll make my own challenges. It's not our fault that we're winners. This okay. is absurd. I'll Abby, who's six. your okay. pick then? So, like I said, I only had like a top six, and this is probably going to be, I don't know. So I picked Soda. My first note was she was thinking of food rewards. That's my kind of gal, um, always. And um, so she also said that she's a teacher. So I said that she has like incredible patience, like dealing with people on the island. You kind of need a lot of patience. And um, she also said that she was really happy in her life. So she's not really looking for the spiritual experience of survivors. So I feel like she'll be able to really get her head into the game and like really think about um the game and my last note was that she had a messy home life so she can probably handle anything including anything these people do on the island so yeah my pick is soda and also i really like her name uh i liked that her uh she's a phobia of butterflies which what a wild thing to be afraid of the thing about a messy home life there's a lot of people on this cast with messy home lives or backgrounds and I think it'll be interesting to see if that just leads to the most open and emotionally vulnerable conversation on a season of Survivor ever, right? Like, have all of them grown past it? It kind of feels like it. I almost would like to see her on a more drama-filled cast because I think she could show off her skills a little bit more. When I read the Deathly Afraid of Butterflies, I, I will admit the first thing I searched after her bio was, are there butterflies on Fiji? Because I want to know if that will be an <laughs> issue or not. Um, n- not really sure. I think so. I think so. Don't know how many, though. Don't know how common, but they exist. So we'll see. That could be an issue. Um, I also noticed um, in her bio she said the question was what player would you play the most like and she said season 42 i wrote that down too what does that mean and you know what i stand by it (laughs) i stand by it yeah the season 42 response was a major negative for me too i have no clue what she meant by that like did she mean she wants to play like the entire cast i don't know i've looked at that cast and i feel like in terms of the new era ones like they're really entertaining but they're probably one of the worst like strategically So if you're going to just throw out a random season, 42 might not be the best pick. Uh, Other negative I had was being from New Jersey. Fair enough. I guess it's that time. Clyde, uh, take your first of your two back-to-back only picks of the draft. This worked out for me because I was scared when I gave Abby the... Well, when Maddie gave Abby the fifth pick instead of the sixth. 
that she would take my top player. Because I think that's happened in like the last draft or two where the player I have number one overall, Abby takes before I have the chance to. But that did not happen this season. So with my first pick, I'm going to roll with Tiffany. There's a lot I really liked about her uh, interview. I'm pulling up my notes right now. So give me a quick second. I guess I should have prepared this a little bit better considering I had, you know, the entire first round. Well, as you pull it up, I can throw out in her interview, she was talking about how, like, she's not looking forward to, like, having to figure out how to wipe her butt on the island and a bug flew at her and she screamed and she's got a fun energy. I think she has a fun energy. Jam Jam won season 44 in his opening video, talked about his butt and he was on the Purple Tribe, which Tiffany shares with him. She compares sharing a bit of herself like through her artwork to sharing herself with others. So I think she'll be someone that's really well connected. I'm not worried about Tiffany making the merge because I think she'll have a lot of allies. My real concern with her is that she'll be so well liked to the point where other players catch on to her, and then she's like a final eight through final 10 boot. I'm still going to be rooting for her either way. So what do you guys think about Tiffany? Uh, thank you for uh, pointing out her art. Um, wasn't wild about it. I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, not to be a hater, but um, when she was painting it, I was like, oh, this is good. And then she showed the final product. And I was like, oh my God. It's very, it's, there's a lot going on with it. It's very yeah. loud. What's the style? Maximalist abstract art there was like a heart skateboarding over a rainbow i think in one of them is it better or worse than the haircut by kenzie worse worse <laughs> yeah yeah well we'll see maybe more pieces will get shown as her, as the season goes on but the ones that she showed off were a little rough but everything else about her was really lovely so i thought she seemed so fun i really liked her i loved the space buns and I, I really liked the quote in her video. I think she said, dang, I feel like we're in therapy. Why are you asking all these federal questions? That made me laugh really hard. I really liked her, but I was a little bit afraid because of her bio. Mostly what her friends say about her. They were all kind of like not negative, but maybe negative towards the game. Like that she lacks situational awareness. I think that's like a big one that I was worried about. Um, and then also sees things from a rose colored lens habitual procrastinator so she might like procrastinate making the moves she should be making yeah so i was a little bit afraid she also said she loves playing the lottery so i don't know how i feel about that risk wise in the game i'm excited to see who clyde's gonna follow this up with does anyone else have anything about tiffany before clyde moves on to his only other selection okay clyde so second pick I'm going with one of the over-the-top characters. Back in 44, I made the mistake of drafting Matt Blankenship over Jam Jam because I was torn between the two. And like on paper, Matt seemed like a better player, but Jam Jam just had that personality that drew people in. So I'm rolling with Tevin for my second-round pick, the uh, actor on the Orange Tribe. So as an actor, I think there's definitely some major positives and negatives with that. I think he'll be adaptable to different situations. I'm also scared that he'll be a theater kid that's overbearing and just annoys other players on his tribe. But I think his personality falls in line with a lot of the like wackier characters of the new era. I feel like if you look back at the past two seasons, 44, you had the Tika 3 and all these unconventional characters making a deep run. Whereas 45 was more of your like traditional survivor personalities, like your athletic, like strong social players like a D or an Austin making it deep. So I'm hoping that we go with more of a 44 vibe for this season. He's a country boy at heart, so I think he can connect with Hunter. 
who is also on his tribe, or he's pretty quirky, so Liz is on his tribe, the two of them could squad up. And then the only negative I really have for him is that he disrespects High School Musical in his video and claims that the yeah. movie did not want, made him not want to be an actor. So I disagree with him on that front, but outside of that, I think he's someone that will do very well socially, and I think he's the type of player that, if he makes it to the end, can win the majority of the time because of those social connections. Uh, I would throw out he is from Goochland, Virginia, which is a pretty funny name. I got to be honest, that's the only thing I noticed in his bio because I thought that was kind of funny. I worry because he's an actor, because he refers to himself in the third person in his bio at one point. That's a lot of personality. And if he doesn't rein it in or he isn't as socially savvy as a Jam Jam, I think it could flip on him, right? If Jam Jam wasn't so good at being lovely to everybody, right? He would have been a bit much for people to deal with. Um, but his social savvy kind of compensated for that. So I think that will be Tevin's challenge for sure. I do agree that he probably will be good socially, but I can't lie. His run on sentence of what his friends describe him as <laughs> in his bio that takes up like half the page really turned me off. It was so much. I, I wasn't sure if I liked it or hated it, but overall, I think I went to I don't like it. It's a lot. Uh, I feel like Clyde should have to read it, actually, because he has chosen. Clyde, please read Tevin's run-on sentence. Nah, it's it's too much to handle. I don't think I read the whole thing. I stopped about halfway through and said, good enough for me. I'll roll with him anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so the fact that uh, he actually wrote in his bio in the third person, he also said it in, the, um, in his bio interview. He referred to himself in the third person. So that would really annoy me in person. So I did not really like um, Tim and also the shitting on High School Musical. That was not cool. But um, and then I also noticed that it seemed like he was here for the experience and not the win. Like that's the kind of vibe I got for him. So I was he was pretty low on my uh, draft pit. But yeah, I'll throw this out and maybe this is too cynical. If you're an actor living in Virginia, are you going on national television to get your big break? Do you think this is a career move for Tevin? It's not like. Uh, Richmond, Virginia is the Broadway of Virginia, or maybe it is. I think that's a positive for him because you said the same thing about Carson. You said he was going on Survivor to build his LinkedIn profile for NASA. Yeah. And Carson made it deep. So I think that's yeah. an optimal move both for your longevity in the game and for your future career aspirations. I do think that Jay Maya would be a better comparison, though. I wouldn't say Carson. I think I think it's giving Jay Maya, which is why I was afraid of. Well, you're the Jay Maya super fan. You took her in the first round. Yeah, and I was shit on for it, <laughs> and it was a bad choice. I loved her as a person. Maybe not her music. Does anybody but... remember the number when we did the draft last time? I said we pulled up Jay Maya's. I've got her pulled up right now. I pulled up her monthly listeners and said, "I'm going to see how much it increases." I should have written it down because she's now at 242,000 monthly listeners, which is, that's really solid. I wish I'd written it down somewhere else to see how many monthly listeners she had before 45 uh, to see if that strategy had worked for her. But I saw a video of uh, Jay Maya and Sifu performing at a concert together. I'll say this. I kind of dug some of Jay Maya's music. I was not anti- Jay Maya as a Song of the Summer TikTok artist. 
Um, you were very anti J Maya on this podcast, though, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you were like the lead of that sucks committee. Well, like, you were you were. And then I the became one, doing all the one of those two hundred forty-two thousand monthly listeners. Uh, and no, I think she had a song that I actually did like, but um, I don't remember which one it was. I'm noticing a trend here. Like, I feel like you always trash some of these contestants and then turn around on them. You did that with Bruce and Jemaya. Bruce, I changed year over year, to be fair. And Carson, he went from <laughs> I love him to I despise him. But let's move on. Abby's got her second pick on deck here. Abby, take it away. So this is just like an overall statement of the cast. I am really loving the diversity ever since they uh, put in the 50% of BIPOC uh, for the cast. I absolutely love it. And I feel like this cast is like super diverse. So um, with that, my second pick uh, is Q Burdett. I don't know if they're going to call him Q or Burdett or Q Burdett, but I don't know. I really liked him. It would have been so funny if you had said Charlie after praising the diversity. Yeah, no, I, I will never do that. <laughs> anyway, my first note is 17 kids. That is a lot. Holy shit. Um, I also said he was athletic, so I kind of need, you know, like a meat boy on my team, unfortunately, because they apparently go far. Um, and I said that he was like self-sufficient, uh, self-starter. And um, he said in his bio interview, that if he got to final tribal council, his uh, speech would blow everyone away. So I thought that was a good thing. He's like thinking of the end in the beginning. Like he's not, you know, he's trying to think of a path through to the end. Um, and then another thing I noticed was that this is just like an, for the bio interviews, they made them write in the sand a lot, like their names. It was really weird. Like Kenzie did that. He did that. And then I think someone else did that. I forget who it was. Oh, and Ben. It, it was just really weird. But yeah, anyway, so Keyboard Dad is my choice, and I really like him. You may now shit on him if you want. I The only <laughs> even remotely negative thing I have to say about Q is he talked about how he was a football player, and then he threw a football into the ocean. Where do you want him to throw it? At the camera? I don't know, down the beach to Jeff? You think like, Jeff is there for their interviews? In, I also wanted to add, I'm pretty sure in his video he, he said something about becoming a real estate agent, and then he became the number two real estate agent. So I was actually curious what the heck that even means. Like, is there a ranking list of real estate agents that I'm not aware of? Tony, I wrote down the exact same thing. I said, who's keeping the power rankings of the real estate agents in the U.S.? And then he also said, uh, you could put me up against anyone and they're done. I'm winning. But you're not winning against the number one real estate agent in the U.S. So I don't know. I think Q has potential to be number two. Let me let me throw this out. When you Google him, uh, his ESPN profile does come up because he was a wide receiver at Ole Miss. Um, so he was like a legit college athlete, not just like a college athlete, college athlete. My guess would be he's at a very big national real estate firm. So I bet there are actually rankings. He said that, and I'm pretty sure there are rankings because there's rankings for loan officers. So I'm pretty sure there's like national rankings that he probably was number two. Personally, I dislike real estate ag agents on principle. Um, that was the first thing I wrote about him. I just Valid. don't like them. And I got some mixed vibes from him because also like it's good that that he builds houses. He said that he can build houses, which questionable. You're a real estate agent and you build houses. I'm a little bit confused by that, but. The building houses thing is always like iffy for me because I feel like if they take too much control in building the shelter in the beginning, they could get on the wrong side of like get get on people's nerves or 
they could just not be part of the conversations and like not make alliances because they're too busy building the shelter. Um, he also said he can eat two boxes of pizza in one sitting. King yeah, behavior. I don't know that that's a good thing. Like, I feel like he might be one of those people who com- complains about not having enough food. I mean, that's that's the double-edged sword of the meat boys, though, right? Like, you're going to win challenges, but you need a lot of food. I did just put one of his Instagram posts from a few weeks ago into the chat. Um, remarkably thirsty for a real estate agent. Uh, and that's all I'll say about that. He was my other person that I wrote down their answer for what per- past player would you play most like? Because for some reason, this was like a major point of contention for my notes that they didn't answer the questions because he said bits of pieces from a lot of players. Can you answer the question? <laughs> like who? Yeah, that response is still better than season 42, which <laughs> isn't even a player. Q gives off the vibe to me that he would host like yeah. an HGTV show. Yeah. I wrote that down for him. I also think he said that he wants to be in control from the start. So maybe that'll work out for him and he's running the game. But I also see a world where he's a bit overbearing at the beginning and people decide to flip on him. So do you know who runs in a HGTV show who is also a past Survivor winner? Oh, Kim Spradlin. That's right. Wendell. Oh, Wendell does too. Yeah. There's two winners that run HGTV shows. Yeah. Uh, I will throw out. Q does have a custom branded cowboy hat. Can I take back my pick then? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's locked in actually. (laughs) All right. Uh, uh, But moving on, Alexis, pick number two. Okay. um, For all that I just shit on Q, um, I was between Q and this person. So thank you for making my decision for me for who I was going to choose. Um, I'm going to choose Kenzie. Um, I don't I don't know if Jack loves that choice since it seems like he doesn't like her. I think that like hairstylists, salon owners, stuff like that have good social skills and could be good social players like it like Jam Jam. And I just think that like overall as a profession, that's something that they have to be good at. Um, and I also like noted that she said she jumped into a salon lease with, with um, no business knowledge or fallback plan, which might be. A questionable choice to make but she's like excelled and done really well um and so it seems like she would be adaptable in the game and honestly i just really liked her like a lot of the things she said in her video i just loved her um i loved her i think she said if she said if parv and marianne could have this weird strategic hot funny positive baby it would be me and then she also said she was either going to do hair or marry an old rich dying man which like support and yeah, I just really liked her overall. So I, I just let me just be very clear. I liked Kenzie's vibe until I saw the rainbow leopard print hair she was doing. Hey, it takes skill. Even if you don't like it, it's still skill. Uh, that, uh, you know what? That's true. Um, but everything you just said, all of her lines, uh, she had a line in there also about like seeing other contestants as split ends that she has to cut off, which was some Caleb energy. In terms of like a very quotable kind of bumper line, I I liked Kenzie's energy and I think she could do really well. I think she hyped up the like flirty gameplay in her video a little bit. So I'll be interested to see if that works on the Purple Tribe. I don't know if there's a player that she can, you know, lure in and uh, build a relationship with on the island. She's also not the first hairstylist 
on a purple tribe. So that worked out well for Jam Jam. So maybe it'll work out for Kenzie. My one fear there is that everybody on this cast saw Survivor 44. So I'm pretty sure they knew that at this point that Jam Jam won. So when they learned that about Kenzie, they might be a little taken aback. Are you saying they're going to vote her off because she's a hairstylist on the purple team and that's it? Yeah. I think people vote others off for the dumbest reasons because it's 26 days and they don't have as much time. I'll also say that we're halfway now into the second round of the draft and the entire green tribe has remained untouched. No one on that tribe has been selected still. I mean, I think that says a lot about the state of that tribe. Um, But it's my turn again, right? So I'm about to break that up. And I'm struggling between two of these people. uh, And I think I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go with it. Uh, Tim Spicer for my number two pick. That was a range of expressions across here. Uh, Some disgust from Olivia. I think Alexis nodded appreciatively. Here's what I'll say. He's from Arlington. I live in D.C. I appreciate a Beltway man. Uh, You know, there's some good vibes here. Uh, I really like all of his achievements because I'm assuming that's the name of names of his kids. Uh, His wife, he introduced Obama one time and uh, he survived two major eye accidents and he used the joke i live to see another day twice in his bio i only have two notes for this man one i do not like his voice and two not the gritty the gritty on the beach yeah oh no i skipped his video am i the only one that liked him i was actually gonna take him next turn okay because everyone was like really surprised and i was like wow i was actually gonna take him next no i loved him my reaction was mad because he was the only person I really actually wanted on the Green Tribe. Um, I actually wrote that in my notes. If I have to have someone, I want it to be him. And it was based solely on the eye incidents. But <laughs> it was just so funny. The Especially the, I think it was nail glue. The nail glue eye incident was just iconic. Is he going to get medevaced? Maybe. But I, w- I would risk it for him, honestly. Good choice. I'll, I'll throw this out. He's a college coach. Coaches have to be tough. Coaches know how to work with a team. Uh, some coaches have an ego problem. So hopefully he's willing to take a step back in in uh, negotiations and strategic conversations and um, make things happen without being at the forefront, which is something I look for in a player. I think he might do really well until he impales his eye on one of the wooden pillars that they use to build the challenges. Yeah, also, are we, like, sure that he can actually, like, see? He did say he lived to see another day. I know, but... Well, like, I assume there was no major damage to his eye. I'm still upset by last season not knowing that our, one of our contestants smoked and therefore couldn't smoke on the show and therefore probably not doing as great as other people who maybe weren't smoking. And so I was wondering, too, about, like, I don't know these people's physicals, and so... Are you saying that you want Tim's medical records before you can draft him? <laughs> yeah. When he fails the eyesight challenge, like when one of the challenges is just to read the eye chart and he loses, then you guys will be validated. I'll say that Tim knows his survivor well. I liked his uh, player comparison, which was more of a joke than an actual comparison because he compares himself to Shamar, who goes out in season 26 in a medical evacuation due to an infection in his eye. That's amazing. That's a deep cut from Tim that I appreciated. Because when I first read that, I thought, why would you want to be like Shamar? Because he was not the best player. But it's just a callback to the injuries. Uh, He also lists dating my wife 
as a hobby. So take with that what you will. That's wholesome. He's a he's a wife man. That's we a, love a wife man. Yeah, that's a good energy. Is that a hobby though? Which it should be. Yes, it is, Clyde. Let's okay, Maddie. Second pick, take it away. Well, I was going to take Tim, so I kind of had to refinagle some things here. Um, I think you guys did a really great job at picking people that I wanted. So this is not great. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Venus. I don't know if I have my notes done right, because I think the video and the um, actual description of her were a little bit different because it explains that she was a data analyst, but I think she's currently um, in law school for immigration law. So if someone could back me up on that, that would be good because I'm not entirely sure. But she seems like she's pretty uh, persistent and she described herself as being like fast to make friends, um, which is always good in terms of making alliances. Um, she also went to school eight hours away, which is pretty hard to do. So I feel like maybe she wouldn't be, maybe it wouldn't be as hard for her to like leave her family or leave her loved ones because of that experience. So that's why I picked Venus. Also, she's on the Orange Tribe which I think is better than the green tribe personally. So, yeah. I only had one problem with Venus, and that's that she completely misunderstands the character of Regina George and compares herself to Regina as a someone with a tough exterior but a secret softy. Uh, Regina George famously just a absolute psychotic, evil high school bully. So other than that, I thought she was a strong candidate. No, she's saying she's Regina George, but she's a secret softie. It's different. She's not saying it's Regina George. Oh, so she's George's. saying she's like Regina, except also Important. nice? Yeah, I think that she's saying like she gives off like a bitchy vibe, but like she's oh. like actually a softie, which I, I kind of liked because based on just her bio, I thought that maybe she wouldn't get along well with people. But then when I saw her video, I do think she gets, she comes off like more put together and not really like bitchy like she'll probably get along with people so i did like her too somebody who knows i recognize the names just from doing enough survivor adjacent stuff but i don't know the context parvati and siri siri what kind of gameplay are, should we be expecting from venus based on that comparison parvati and siri that was like treason that you just said par parvati and siri and you don't know who they are i'm the voice of the people no, you're that's not. Clyde's that's Clyde's job. That's embarrassing. <laughs> that you are no longer the voice of the people. Jack is going to meet one of them this summer. We're watching uh, Cook Islands. He'll meet one of them then. Uh, they, they don't play very similarly, I would say. Harvard uh, kind of your stereotypical flirt, whereas Sari is one, arguably the best strategist in the history of the show. So she sets the bar pretty high uh, for herself. Dumb thing that I wrote down is I like that she's Canadian. Canadians have done really well in the new era for no reason. So here's some uh, Canadians to kind of give you a sense. You have Erica, who's a winner. Marianne, who's a winner. Omer, who placed sixth. Uh, Kane, who placed ninth. And Caleb, who placed 11th. So if Venus's floor is Caleb, I think that's pretty good. I also have one more comment based on the fact that I comment on everyone's outfits. I feel like that's my... Uh my notes that I add um interesting outfit choice nip slip city I don't know how she's going to be on the island in what yeah. she's wearing it's a good point well I think there were some other contestants in the past where you criticized their outfits and they did okay it's just it's just a side note you know I, I also chose uh Jess Chong because her outfit slayed so I mean Venus's outfit slays too I'm just concerned 
We heavily criticized, I think it was Sarah a couple seasons ago because she was in a, like a gown sort of thing in her picture. Oh, yeah. And she didn't make it that far. So that turned out to be valid. But I don't remember any other ones where we, if we criticized them, if it panned out or not. I'll say this. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to him at some point in this draft. Um, ben Katzman looks like a drunken railroad engineer from 1857 uh, with the overalls and stripes combo. So I think sometimes it's a fair tool. But uh, we're back to the top of the order here with Tony and Olivia. I don't have much to say. Um, we're just going to go with it. We're picking Moriah, not um, not to be confused with Mariah on the green team. And yeah, honestly, we've been going back and forth about this, as you might remember. Um, we, we have in the past also picked another uh, D&D fan. His name might have been Kane, and that might have not been our best pick in um, our history, but we can't deviate too much from um, our patterns. But yeah, I mean, she seems like quirky enough. There seems to be a lot of people in the last two seasons who are very quirky and they kind of come into themselves and turn out to be very strong players. So I think that's the best case scenario for Mariah. There was nothing really wrong with her. Well, the only thing I was a little worried about was everyone's like, what's something we would never know about you? And like, everyone was like, I don't know, something. And she's like, you'd never know how much I second guess myself. And I was like, oh boy. Wait, so Olivia, were you the one campaigning for Mariah then? Well, it was between her and... Well, I don't know if it did say, because they were... who it is. It's somewhat else, and the other person who we decided that we're not going to pick just seems like a safer option. And so we were like, you know what? Like, let's just have fun with it. So um, I wouldn't say either of us were necessarily campaigning for her. I don't think you guys are too enthusiastic about this when you have two back-to-back picks, and this is your first one. I'm scared for the second one. I really liked her. I I liked her, but I said I said overall queen, but your tribe sucks. So I I I feel like I'm not sure how she'll do on her tribe. That's what I was worried with about because I'm worried about her tribe in general. But I think she seemed really cool. Also, she said that her friends say she's a Google sheeter, and I wrote okay, Clyde. Do people call it G sheets? I've never heard that before in my life. Her catchphrase is basically quote. So I went ahead and made a G sheet for this, and I said, oh no. I like that Mariah's wearing overalls. I think her and Ben could form an alliance, and they're just the overall duo at that point. The over-alliance? Ooh. <laughs> uh, Mariah also said in a preseason interview that she 3D printed some puzzles. Uh, so she's already cheated a little bit, so maybe she'll get you some uh, challenge points in the season. Well, uh, on the heels of that unenthusiastic pick, who's your next pick, Tony and Olivia? The background of this, so obviously we said in the last pick we were debating between two people, and this pick actually isn't the other one of those two people. And the reason for that is that Olivia and I don't have a great track record in picking survivor players, so our strategy with this last pick is to pick someone that our intuition says may not make it that far. And hopefully... We're wrong. We're wrong, and also, therefore, the pick is right. So with our next pick, we're going to be picking... David Jelinski Jelinski. <laughs> oh my God. No way. No. 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 The, re- the reason for this, so we watched his video and it <laughs> and as soon as he said smoke and doobie on the beach, 
we we both blacked out. We don't remember anything after that point. <laughs> and the um the thing in the opening scene, what is it like a not a claw, but like the he's like, does anyone have whatever it was the game in his room? And I was like, can't nope, don't. He did think. some he did some weird dance moves and uh, oh, yeah, that was good. So so again, that's not to say anything necessarily negative about him. Because the people we thought wouldn't do well in previous seasons, such as Carolyn and Emily, ended up doing very well. But I also think by your reactions that you also agree with us and your intuition, which therefore means this might be the best pick of the draft. You know, it feels like a book that Olivia would read from Oprah's book club, where it's the tragic boy who had a ballet scholarship when he was 10 years old and somehow ended up living in his hometown of Las Vegas, Nevada, as a slot machine salesman who loves bowling. Uh, like, it's a tra- there's a tragic story in there, potentially. I like the logic of the pick, though. The counterintuitive, going for the weird one. You know, this could totally pan out, and in three months, we're going to be like, wow, Tony and Olivia really knew what they were doing with this pick, so... This would be. This is now our second person where their current residence is the same as their hometown. We realized Bruce energy right there. So you're saying, Jack, that you were thinking about taking Jelinski? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if their logic was we're gonna pick an out there pick because the logical picks haven't worked out, this is an out there pick. Uh, Jelinski was pretty low on my board. I don't like the fact that he's going by Jelinski. Uh, some players in Survivor history will go by their last names, like Cochran, but like Jeff gives them the nickname, whereas uh, David is walking in and demanding that Jeff calls him Jelinski from the beginning. Cochran did request that Jeff call him Cochran. He said, you can always call the greats Cochran. Can you call me Cochran? He's like, I-, I guess. Yeah, sure. He asked for permission, though. He did. Let's see if Jelinski asks for permission. Yeah. Jelinski walks in and demands it. I think by the time he goes home, he'll be going by David. Uh, on that note, in his own bio, he says, my closest friends would say that David Jelinski thinks he knows everything. He doesn't even use his own nickname in his bio. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah, let it be known that what his friends say about him are not good at all. <laughs> no, it's not. We're also, we also, I would like to know your all's opinions about this. We were a little confused what he meant by he was dropping out one year after high school because we weren't sure if he was like in college and dropped out or if he was like i mean yeah or if he was like doing more high school or we, we assumed it was the college but we were like, it's just a weird way to phrase that <laughs> i dropped out one year after i graduated maybe he means like a gap year but he didn't know the word gap year the fact that he's a slot machine salesman is a plus though i think he could have a caleb-esque edit where he just has a lot of, like, gambling lines in confessional. I wrote one down, like, with tonight's vote, I'm hoping for a jackpot. He's going to say stuff like that all the time. Like, Jeff is going to eat it up, and then he'll go home. Can you give us one more? (laughs) That's the only one I had. Or he'll say, like, oh, I need to play my cards right and just do a bunch of gambling references. (laughs) Uh, I love the line of smoking the doobie on the beach because that is the vibe I got from him. He reminds me a lot of Will wall from survivor millennials versus gen x which is a deep cut i don't know if anyone will even know who i'm talking about but he was an 18 year old that goes on season 33 and then randomly at the final 10 he has a confessional where he says i need to make a big move i've done nothing so he makes a big move at like final 10 and then gets voted out at final nine and i think that's in the cards for david so i also didn't uh love how he said that 
he was a hothead when like when he was growing up but he's matured I feel like you can't say that when you're 22 years old you 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 are still a child you're a little tiny baby you have not matured you're still probably a hothead and yeah I just had a lot of the thoughts about him the how he said one of his hobbies is sports I know Jack already mentioned the bowling but saying like oh like I'm a sports fan I bowl it's just so funny to me like that's not that's not the vibe Thank you for pointing out his age. The fact that he said dropping out for a year after high school was a risk that has paid off so far. I, I to look at him, thought he was in his 30s. Thought he was 37. Is he the youngest on the cast? Is there anyone younger than him? Yeah, I think he is the youngest. I think you're... Tevin and Venus are both 24. Hunter is only 28. Hunter's got a 30-plus-year-old energy, I think. Yeah, because I originally thought Charlie was younger because Charlie gives off a younger vibe. But Charlie's four years older. Also, I um, did not like, again, on the whole um, the question about who they would play most like, I did not like his answers. I hated all of them. Fabio, the youngest winner. He's only saying that because he's young. Sammy sucked. Russell was Russell. Crazy. Tyson, like I love Tyson, but he's very full of himself. And I don't I don't uh, know that that would be the best, especially with the mix that's already going. And Rick Devins, I just I don't like Rick Devins. So the whole mix was a lot. Also, he said he likes magic. So like bowling and magic and the slot machines. And there's just so much going on with him. But let's move on from old 22 year old jorts boy here. And uh, Maddie, who is your final pick okay i'm between two people one of them i feel like could do well but i just dislike them so much that i think it would pain me to actually like take them i just really do not like their video that person i'm sorry i'm not taking this person that person is charlie that he will probably come up later um but at first i was like i could compare him to carson or drew but carson and drew were, were at least like more personal i think they were also more like stemmy this guy seems like a or stuck-up law student to my eyes with daddy's money going to Harvard. So for that reason, I instead, I'm picking Jem. That's a great pick. I really want a Jem. So, uh, great pick. Oh, uh, she is a little bit risky because she explains herself as a risk risk taker. She's into bungee jumping and climbing stuff. I don't really know. I think I like her the best out of the people who is left. So that's why I picked her. Yeah, I, I'll say that I... I like her story, right? I do feel like it is a shame that they had to put South America uh, on her hometown to make it clear that uh, Guyana is not in America. But um, I liked her background. She's the one whose husband also applied for the show and they wanted her and not her husband. We were a little worried about her um, like management. There was something about her that was sort of fun and personable. Though. I wrote down the same thing. Uh, a quote from Jem is, I'm a manager and I like to manage. So I think she's going to want the vote to go her way regardless of what other people think. And I can totally see a world where Jem and Charlie butt heads on like day two because they have slightly different uh, strategic ideas. Well, we have entered what I would call the bottom of the barrel on this draft. All we have left, I believe, uh, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but do we only have Green Tribe members left? There's one orange left. Uh, oh, Liz. Sorry, Liz just had green tribe energy. I really was hoping that somebody would not would leave Gem for me because I'm not wild about any of these people. Not a fan of Charlie at all. Not a fan of Ben at all. Oh, jeez. 
I have two meat boys. I need somebody who's not a meat boy. Man, I really don't want to take Maria, but I think I might have to take Maria. No, I can't do it. I'm going to take Liz over Maria. I'm probably going to regret this one, but okay. I'm going to take Liz Wilcox of Luther, Michigan. She's divorced. That's all I've got. Uh, she was mute until the age of seven. Um, and now she's a public speaker that shows some serious uh, strength and overcoming adversity. I do not like Liz. Thank you for taking her. Um, so her beginning of the video is, uh, so why don't you talk about yourself? That's the producer. And then she says, my favorite subject. Disgusting. And then two, um, she was giving like hardcore millennial and not like the cool one, but like the really like cringy kind. And I just, everything she said, I just could not vibe with. So yeah, thank you. That's why I went like this. I feel like I can say this as somebody who does work in marketing. I feel like working in marketing is first an automatic red flag. But then even working in marketing and saying one of your hobbies is making money and then making sure to literally say the word effing, it's giving this like very weird corporate vibe that I do not love. And I feel like I know her type and it's really uh, insufferable. She also described herself as growth minded, like this is not corporate America. I don't know what she's talking about. This is Survivor. Oh, and she also said that people are always telling me, telling her that her drive is so inspiring. And I feel like that's something that you say to annoying people. I feel like like you're being really annoying and insufferable. And you're like, wow, your drive, inspiring. I, I see that. Wow, I'm really regretting this one, but I've locked it in. Well, I have some positives for Liz if you want them. Abby hit on this earlier, but there's that segment of Liz talking with the producer, and that could be a good sign. Like, season 44 opens with Carolyn chatting with the producer, I think. So she could have Carolyn upside. I know that's one of your favorite players that we've covered. And in the same way, I think Liz said that her kid encouraged her to be on the show. Carolyn's kid did the same thing. And Liz says that she wants to find like a silly shield on the beach, like someone that's an out there personality that she can hide behind that potentially exists on her tribe with Tevin. And you know what? That's a great point. I think that, uh, I mean, if she's growth minded and, and she's effing capable of everything, guys, anything, guys. So I like my odds. I am next. Um, I was sitting here trying to decide between two people. Um, I don't love either of them, so I think I'm just going to take the plunge and choose Carly. Personally, I think out of what's left, I find it the lesser of two evils because I I don't like him, but I feel like there's a potential for him to do okay. What I wrote was he's a, he seems like a square, like he just seemed really boring to me. That might mean that he doesn't get voted off. Like he might just be like drug along. And I don't, I think there's a world where he does okay. Uh, I did not love that he loved, that he likes debating. Taylor Swift eras, he mentioned in his video that, that different parts of his game would be different Taylor Swift eras. It was not great vibes, but um, yeah, I'm going to choose him, especially just rounding out the fact that I already chose two girls. So I'd like to choose a, a guy. And between, Charlie and Ben, since they are the last two guys, I choose Charlie. As soon as he said the thing about Taylor Swift eras, I skipped the rest of his video. Um, and that was the first thing he said. I think Maddie said this earlier. He does have a Drew slash Carson energy. He'll be explaining a lot of things to the camera, I bet. The thing about debating being a favorite hobby, 
I, d- I do not like him, and I will be actively rooting against this guy. I'll say that. Not because of you, Alexis. I'll be rooting for you, but... Don't listen to him, Alexis. He's rooting against you. He's at the top of the draft. He's rooting <laughs> He's rooting against us bottom feeders. He's always rooting against me. That's a good point. As long as me, Maddie, or, or Tolivia wins, that's what matters. So, Where would you say Charlie is on like the nerd spectrum? Because we've seen a couple Survivor nerds now where it's like you have the endearing nerds on one side in Carson and then the kind of more off-putting nerds on the other side in Drew. Is he more on the Drew side? Does he surpass Drew on that side? Kane is the best endearing nerd. I'll say that. No, Carson is the most endearing. Oh, that's not true. Sure. In the game itself, that's just your personal bias, and you know it. Like you're just a Carson hater. I am a Carson hater, but Kane talks about Pokemon. He talks about D and D. He does the fun thing with the sword and shield. Charlie has nothing nerdy except the words board games in his thing, and he references Taylor Swift eras. Uh, he's the kind of guy who is like always been an academic performer and i don't think he's an actual nerd i think he just says he's a nerd without anything to back it up i would say that debating is nerdy i also do think that drew said he liked debating too i don't quote me on that because i don't remember but i think drew was a law student what no no drew was no? uh was true drew? drew no drew was not a law student he went to penn i don't know what he was doing there it, it, it wasn't I law because I, I remember looking up his linkedin and it was he went to penn for undergrad I would say he's close to Drew on the on the scale that you're describing, Clyde, but I think that he's maybe a little bit better than Drew. And honestly, Drew did well for me on my team last season, so. I found his LinkedIn. I feel like this is a tradition now during the draft, is you looking up the contestants' LinkedIn's. Uh, he only has 338 connections and no profile picture, but he's a, he's a 3L at Boston College Law School, so he's about to finish law school. So that's pretty impressive. Three-season NCAA athlete, varsity cross-country captain. That's pretty impressive. I have sent him a LinkedIn connection invite. We do have stuff in common, being I'm connected to a lot of law students, and we have some educational stuff in common, so he might accept me. I'll keep the podcast posted. Yeah, his bio focused a lot on running. And in his video, I think there's a little snippet of him like running alongside the beach. So like Charlie gives off the vibe that he wears those t-shirts that say, like, my sport is your sport's punishment. Yeah, like a villain in an 80s ski movie. But let's move on from this boring, boring guy, because we've got two colorful characters left. Uh, like, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. I think these are two of the most interesting people on the cast, albeit some of the riskiest picks. So, Abby, you're making the biggest decision of the draft right now. Uh, potentially, between Ben Katzman and Maria Shrime Gonzalez. All right, so it was really a toss-up for me, and I was going to let Clyde decide, but then I decided to take a last-minute look at uh, the cast bios, and it was a toss-up for me because, one, I really didn't like Ben, and two, Mariah, or Maria, her name starts with M, and there is the curse of the M's. However, on the same tribe, there is Mariah, so I'm hoping that Mariah is the first casualty of the M curse and Maria can skate through, but we'll see. So anyway, so I decided to pick Maria based on, um, by Ben, he said, what past Survivor player uh, would you most play the game like? And he said, Nick Wilson. Yikes. Um, and then also the other player that he wanted to play like was Cody. And that was on season 43, and he got duped, like, so hard. 
So um, that like completely ruled it out, and I'm willing to uh, willing to face the M curse if if it's you know possible. But yeah, so not Ben. I'm picking Maria. So so can you give some context on that? Okay, no, I did like Maria. I did say that she was a badass because she did say that she had three kids natural birth, and one of them was like 36 hours. That's like that's really fucking tough. Sorry for cursing a lot. And also, she was a marathon runner. Running is not fun, but she didn't um, come off. The way that Charlie did when he say like that he liked running. So yeah, I thought she was a badass. So I do like Maria, but I really didn't want to pick her because of the M curse. But I'm willing to face it because you know not Ben. I I think she says that she has an obsession with untying knots, which is Jack's favorite part of every Survivor challenge. Don't put um, that on me. That's not true. I know you no. love it when they get there and we get to watch them untie knots for like two minutes and it oh just slows down the entire thing. Maria is the player. That's the mom of the season that I was getting mixed up with earlier. But the moms in the new era have been doing well. Julie got fifth place uh, in 45, and then in 44, Lauren got fifth and Carolyn got third. So just based on the uh, similar archetypes, I think Maria has a good shot. And who knows, maybe her and Charlie will form a little runner's club and they'll go on morning uh, jogs together on the beach. I had uh, two problems with Maria. First, what is a parent coach? Like, so I found that a little bit alarming. And then the first thing she does in her video is she says, I told my kids I'm going to lie, cheat, and steal, right? it She framed herself off the bat as willing to take a villain turn. She, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe she's the oldest contestant on the cast. But I worry that for the oldest contestant to be like, I'm going to take a villain arc, You've already got the kind of stigma of being the oldest. And if you're going to start taking some big swings like that, I worry that would um, not work out in her favor. All right. Clyde, I'm ready. Give me Ben Katzman. I don't hate Ben. I actually had him ranked on my board uh, number six. So I had him pretty high in the grand scheme of things. The Nick Wilson criticism is definitely justified. But he also compares himself to Nick Wilson before Nick Wilson, um, you know, attempts to legalize sleeping with your cousin. So it's some of the context there is uh, important to note. I like the comparison of Ben and Cody. I think even though Cody gets duped in 43 uh, by Jesse, the reason why Cody gets voted out is because he was so like well liked by everybody on that cast. Like Jesse said in postseason interview that he takes out Cody because if they went to the end together Cody would have won so I think Ben is the type of person that might not be the best strategist on the island but he has that Cody upside of building strong relationships and potentially winning a jury vote if he can make it that far he gives off like chill surfer vibes uh to me and he's wearing overalls so him and Maria no Mariah can form an alliance also I think that there's a few people who are from Florida this season but out of probably anyone I've seen on Survivor, something about his vibe is giving Florida man more than anyone else. So that scared me a little bit. And do you know what the great thing about their outfits is? They give, like casting says, pick out some outfits. They give, and the castmates give like multiple options for outfits. And then casting like officially chooses the outfit that they're going to wear. The fact that they chose that one, like what other outfits did they give to him? Or did he give to them? You know what I mean? So last note that I really have from Ben 
is that he throws in some music references into his uh, interview, which I think Jeff will really like. So even if he doesn't play well, he'll get a lot of screen time. Uh, he says, if Jeff goes, the tribe has spoken, I'll go, that does not rock. Which feels like he's really forcing in the music reference there, but I'll take what I can get with the last pick of the draft. Uh, he joins Emily Flippin now for me as my final pick uh, inductee. I'll say this, that's esteemed company. Emily turned out to be probably the most memorable character for me from last season. So, And I don't remember who was the last pick of 44. Yeah, it was Carolyn. Oh, it was Carolyn. What do you mean? Yeah. So those are pretty big shoes to fill. Quite I'll add, uh, Ben sort of gave some Sifu vibes when I, I saw him Rock talk out. about the, the music, <laughs> which is definitely a red flag, and I think that could be a social uh, social detriment. However, I do see the kind of comparison to Cody. I could see him being likable as well. So I think this is a nice edge, which way he goes, and I think we'll know after the first episode. Yeah, we sure knew about Sifu after all of but a couple of seconds. So. I'll, I'll say this with the last pick too I don't think Ben will be the first person of the whole season voted out and that's kind of what I'm going for with like the butt of the draft so I don't know if he'll make the merge but I think he can get through a couple episodes you know one other one other interesting thing from the production angle as well there I noticed in the videos they had different background music playing for each character to kind of frame the personality that they wanted to give them and I remember Ben's being sort of goofy so I guess that can also be a positive or negative, but I just thought that was kind of interesting. Well, that does it for the lineups here. We have drafted everybody from Survivor 46. How, uh, what would I, would everybody say is the consensus for the ranking of the three drafts we've done so far? Is this the strongest draft class or I think it's the weakest personally? That's my take. Um, but I feel like every year I kind of have that thought is like, oh, they can't get worse. So I kind of felt pretty good overall. I mean, we did have the first pick and we feel good about our first pick. So I think that kind of painted the rest of it in a better light, but I didn't feel like this cast was particularly worse than previous casts. I feel like there's like, like a more, I feel like there's more quirky people that like the quirky people aren't actually too quirky given who they're with. I think for this cast, I like this group more than 45 on the initial read-through, Not, but I don't love them as much as 44. I think 44 had just such an eclectic group of characters. Well, I guess another positive of this cast is that you don't have one tribe, at least in my opinion, that is like drastically worse than the other two. Like I think we all looked at Lulu in 45, and we all thought that they would get decimated. Like Even though we're not high on the green tribe, I don't think this is going to be a season where green is going to like four out of the first five tribal councils wrap it up real quick uh thank you all very much for joining us uh looking forward to starting season 46 of survivor here in just a couple weeks 10 days from now uh 46 will have premiered and uh we'll see you then